The Annex Wealth Management Show on 92.5 Fox News is hosted by Annex Wealth Management, a registered investment advisor. Important information about the qualifications and business practices of Annex is available at AnnexWealth.com. Different types of investments involve varying degrees of risk. Please consult with a qualified fiduciary advisor about your specific situation. Know the difference. Now, the Annex Wealth Management Show on 92.5 Fox News. Know the difference. One team, one plan, one fee. Here we go on Money Talk, the Annex Wealth Management Show. It's going to be a busy 60 minutes. I'm Danny Clayton. Derek Felsky, our Chief Investment Officer in the studio. Hey, Derek. Hi, Danny. And Dave Spano, our President and CEO. Yes, Danny. Not only are we going to have a busy 60 minutes, but it was a busy week as well. Uh, and on Friday, we had a roller coaster ride. But for the week, Derek, it was pretty good. Right. One of the stronger weeks we've seen this year. In fact, all, all major averages closed up despite the fact that the yield on the 10-year Treasury went up 22 basis points. And so how did we do in the S&P and triple Qs for the week? Well, the S&P was up north of 3%. The NASDAQ up more than 4 Small caps up 2 um, again, you know, a small dent in some of the declines we've seen recently, but there's growing optimism that perhaps the, the rate of increase by the Federal Reserve is going to start to diminish as we go forward. And you talked about the Treasury's movement, and of course, we watch that very carefully, and we are, to some extent, Fed-obsessed, really, because we have to make sure that at some point they're going to stop raising rates. But, you know, this next rate raise, uh, we expect at 75 basis points, but there was some news made by one Fed governor this week. Right. FOMC member Daly out of San Francisco discussed the fact that while they do feel that she did feel they would raise at 75 basis points in the next meeting, there's going to be a very spirited discussion about the forward path of interest rate hikes. Her feeling is that they're getting to the point now where they may be hiking too quickly. And I think market participants were cheered by that comment. You know, we saw uh, some CPI numbers that remained hot last week. And shockingly, you know, the, the Fed had said early on that inflation was hotter than expected. Obviously, in retrospect, that is true. But it is painful. And the Fed now has a job, a difficult job. And so they're going to try to uh, raise those rates despite if it causes a recession. And one of those indicators is the Treasury bills. And when we, when we compare them from one to another in a what's called inversion, that is telling us something. Right. There are any numbers of ways to look at inversion by comparing, say, the two-year note to the 10-year bond or the three-month TBLU reference to the 10-year bond. And what we saw this week is that that one actually inverted, too. And in the eight prior times that that occurred, there was a recession subsequent to that. So that's causing many people to be a little bit concerned about forward estimates for the S&P and what the real valuation of the market currently is. And we're watching those Treasury rates because, obviously, there is some concern. And we're watching what's happening around the world and some just stunning news out of the UK this week. Their newly minted prime minister only lasted 44 days. And so now she is out and they have to find a new prime minister. She did last slightly longer than that Pope John Paul in the 1970s, but it was a short stay and it's really causing disruption around the world. Well, yeah, and if you think about we're having difficulties in the United States, think about the U.K., energy shortages, the strong dollar causing anything they import from the United States to be more expensive, sluggish growth, and just a malaise throughout the uh, the EU, and that's causing Europe to essentially freak out. And the longer this war with Russia and Ukraine continues, the more vulnerable they're going to be to energy shortages this winter to the point where, you know, they're talking about turning off the Eiffel Tower, for example, at night and things of that nature. So what we're facing here in the United States is not nearly as bad as it is what they're facing overseas. 
And the good news there, of course, folks, is that we have been in Oasis over here in the United States with our investing. I mean, even though uh, it's been down, it's been a very painful year down significantly for the year in both stocks and bonds. But there are companies here that are doing well. You mentioned energy, and energy has been a bellwether, and earnings are starting right now. So we're going to keep a close eye on earnings as they come out. Right on on Friday, energy stocks were making new new annual highs. We also heard some good reports this week from Lamb Research, a semiconductor company, IBM, Netflix, Procter and Gamble, and the major banks. Really, the only big report that was was negative, in my view, was Tesla. They didn't meet their uh, output goals. But again, that's a very expensive stock uh, with a lot of momentum behind it, but a, a valuation that is still very high. And so we talk about a recession, and one of the famous bond managers, Gunlack, puts it at a 75% chance that that happens next year. And of course, the stock market and the economy obviously are not in sync at the moment, and sometimes the markets will bottom long before this recession occurs. So we're going to have to keep an eye on that. And as we have a rally, as we have had this week, how long does it continue? Does it go into the election and beyond is something we're going to watch. And of course, the Fed meeting comes right before the election. A lot of news coming up. Keep an eye on your portfolio, folks. Derek Felsky, Chief Investment Officer. Dave Spano, our President and CEO. If next year is going to be a doozy, prepare for it now. Head to our website for investment, retirement planning, tax planning, and estate planning. We do it as a fee-only fiduciary. The website, AnnexWealth.com, and click that Get Started button. This is Money Talk, the Annex Wealth Management Show, Sunday, October 23rd. We're going to be right back. 92.5 Fox News. Inflation isn't going away anytime soon. As the cost of everything from food to vacations to your electric bill rises, you may wonder if your retirement plans are still on track. Annex Wealth Management can help. It starts at AnnexWealth.com. Click the Get Started button. From there, our in-house planning team will create your wealth metric, a snapshot of where you are and where you're headed. Wealth metric will help you understand the impact inflation may have on your plans. Get started today. Visit AnnexWealth.com. We're back on Money Talk, the Annex Wealth Management Show. A couple of reminders. Sign up for the Axiom, a free weekly newsletter. Don't have to be a client for that. Great information in there. We're on social media like LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube, especially YouTube with over 1,500 Annex Wealth Management produced videos. Got a couple of podcasts you might like. Our SWAT podcast is on Monday mornings with members of the Annex Wealth Management investment team. And a reminder that this show will be available on demand at the top of the hour on Spotify. I'm Danny Clayton, Derek Felsky, our chief investment officer. Dave Spano is president and CEO at X Wealth Management. Thanks, Danny. You know, I was driving down the road the other day and I looked over at a bank and on their board was a mortgage rate that was in the mid-sevens. I was shocked. But folks, uh, that is indicative of what's happening. And it is really what the Fed is trying to do by raising rates. They're trying to slow down the real estate market and the economy in general. And uh, Derek, you said often last year that people should refinance their mortgages. Well, absolutely. Under 3% for a 30-year and a 15-year mortgage was really too good to be true, particularly when you know we had a 10-year yield of 0.6%. I mean, we talked about picking up pennies in front of a steamroll. And while we tried to, you know, move away from interest rate risk and and so on in our investment portfolios on the fixed income side, there really has been nowhere to hide other than cash in the fixed income area, which is why it's so disconcerting because, you know, usually in a market like this, you get support from the fixed income part of the portfolio. And while that will probably prove going forward, it doesn't really change the fact that that's what's happened in 2022. 
Right. And so both fixed income and equities are down. And, you know, anytime that you have a bear market, there is a length to it. This particular bear market obviously started in January of this year. And so we're entering month number 10. That puts it in a rather exclusive neighborhood. Right. We've had uh, since World War Two, we've had about, I think, nine nine bear markets that lasted longer than nine months. Currently, this bear market, we're down about 27% or so in the S&P. The average decline of those has been 38% with a median of 36. But in, in most cases, those were associated with a, with a strong recession. So whether we have a shallow recession or a deep recession, we can't really know for certain. But as you mentioned in the prior segment, the United States has been an oasis. A lot of money has come to the United States because of higher interest rates here versus overseas, plus better overlying fundamentals. So that might dampen the downside going forward. Yeah, and so if there is a recession, is it shallow or is it a long and deep one like we had in 07, 09? We're not really sure. However, this was one that actually has been created not by some external event, but something that we did here. We had a great economy going, fantastic, and we actually had to slow it down. That's really what's going on. By doing that, the Fed is going to likely put us into a recession to slow down the economy. And I think that sounds counterintuitive to a lot of folks, but that is exactly what's happening. So that means next sometime next year, we'll probably be in a recession, but that doesn't mean that the markets will have bottomed at that point. No, I mean, you know, there's the S&P 500 and then there are individual stocks, you know, different stocks, different sectors have different cycles to them. So well in advance of a bottom in the S&P 500, certain areas of the market will start to, to lift. You know, we've already already seen some relative strength, obviously, from the energy sector where there is a lack of investment and, uh, you know, basically a lack of supply. And we expect those prices to remain fairly firm. So energy stocks continue to fare fairly well. Uh, we've also seen it in selected technology companies as well, because in a slower economy, companies will spend money to enhance product Activity, uh, to combat slowing growth. You know, the one thing that people should understand, and there's a whole generation of investors who haven't seen it because we've been in quantitative easing, but Tina, there is no alternative to equities because interest rates are low. Now that we're moving away from quantitative easing to quantitative tightening, Tina has left the room. Well, absolutely. And in fact, you know, right now you can get a 4.5% yield on the two-year treasury. A few years ago, that was yielding less than half a percent. So stocks on a dividend yield basis looked really attractive. Well, now they don't. The S&P 500 dividend yield is under 2%. So you can do better in the treasuries, which have the, you know, the security of the U.S. government behind them and not have the downside risk of a, of a stock. So at some point, we're going to have to see an easing of monetary conditions, a trough in economic activity and improving equity risk premium. So it really does require a tactical approach across the board. Derek Felsky, our chief investment officer, Dave Spano, president and CEO. We got them for the rest of the hour. Stick around. There's a bunch more to come. Investment, retirement planning, tax planning, and estate planning is a fee-only fiduciary. That's what we do. What are the myths about millionaires and why are most of them wrong? That's next on Money Talk, the Annex Wealth Management Show, 92.5 Fox News. How will tax increases in the Inflation Reduction Act affect your investment and retirement goals? It's time to reevaluate your plan. The Annex Wealth Management Team has reviewed the new law and is ready to give your plan an independent review. No products to push on you, just serious planning. The in-house Annex Team creates comprehensive plans that play out hundreds of possible scenarios, including sky-high inflation, lifestyle changes, and additional taxes. Know the difference with Annex Wealth Management. AnnexWealth.com. 
Know the difference with Annex Wealth Management? Brandon Lehman, a wealth manager and director of branch development at Annex Wealth Management. Welcome back. Danny, good to see you. According to Fidelity's Millionaire Outlook study, the vast majority of millionaires, 82%, are self-made. They didn't inherit money. They built their wealth themselves. Let's talk about that because we have a list of millionaire myths, and I'm sure you've run into some. Oh, yeah. There's quite a few stories out there of you know what do you need to do, how you are, and, and one of the biggest ones to me kind of jumps into number one there, and I'll let you run with it, but it's really important. It's not what you make. It's what you keep. And I think this must be frustrating for people that have achieved millionaire status. Let's go with number one. If you have a high salary, you are set for life. You would think that. And and sometimes that's kind of the myth out there is you make a lot of money, you're going to have a lot of money. But really, some people grow into that income. They grow into that high salary and they actually don't save. They want to keep up with the Joneses. But really, it's there are certain individuals who have sat down and said, you know what, to be a millionaire, I do have a high salary, but I am going to save this. I'm going to save that. Diligently focused on saving as much as they could to better themselves for retirement. And that's really what they're concerned with. A lot of millionaires, it's not the now. It's when can I finally retire? And you'll see later on in some of these myths that it's actually a lot later in life, they work harder. Fidelity study found that on average, 31% of millionaires' salaries go to savings. So, right, they're putting in. Yeah, that is their number one goal is just to put away to put away. Millionaire myth number two, it's all luck. That is very much a myth because a lot of the folks that we talk to here at Annex have worked extremely hard. They put in long hours, long nights, long days, time away from their family to build this legacy, not just for themselves, but sometimes for their family. They're doing it and they're putting in the time and the effort to get to where they want to be. Millionaire myth number three, you have to make all your money before you retire. See, that one is great to me because when I think about it, there are so many people that I've met throughout my career that were not millionaires before they retired, but they went into retirement and they did two things. First off, they continued to remain invested. They didn't do bring it all down, be cautious, be safe. They said, you know what? We have a long time frame. some situations, 30 plus years in retirement. We need to keep this growing for us. The second thing they did is they watched their spending. Seeing a common theme here. They watched how much they were spending and where their dollars were going. Millionaire myth number four, you must have a fancy college degree. That is extremely inaccurate. While it does help to have a great degree from a Harvard, a Yale, things like that, you know, the vast majority of people do not. They are self-made millionaires who have gone out and started a business and put in the time, put in the effort, and were able to find a niche or an opportunity to grow that business. The key is they put in the effort, they put in the work, and they strived so hard and put so much forth to grow their wealth to reach that millionaire status. You know the classic book from the 80s. I read it, The Millionaire Next Door. I think one of the best lines I've ever heard is, you know, the farmer next door yep. really is a millionaire, a yep. multimillionaire now with you look at land prices and where they're at. But, you know, they, they work hard, they save their money, and they don't overspend. Millionaire myth number five, they work for big banks, law firms, and tech companies. Well, some of them do. Yeah. Yeah, there's, they definitely do. But the vast majority do not. You know, you look at it, 66% of millionaires own their own business. They start out, they have nothing. They, they pour their heart and soul into this, whatever business they have, whether it's owning a paper printing company or a clothing store, whatever they, they do, they pour their heart and soul into it. And it takes years. And that's what people don't see is all those years of sweat equity that they put into it. The famous thing I've always seen on LinkedIn, I, I love LinkedIn, is you see the 
the pyramid of the first, second, and third place, and they're standing in the first place position. But underneath that pyramid, under the ground, is all that sweat equity, that work they put in over 10, 15, 20, 30 plus years to build that business. Millionaire myth number six, success comes easily and early. Oh, that's a great one. One, nothing in life is easy when it comes to hard work. But the second thing that is extremely important is you're seeing the age of millionaires get older and older because they are working harder and working longer. Maybe 70 is the new 55, but they continue to strive and they diversify their income streams. This is one that has always been interesting to me when I sit down and meet with millionaires and specifically business owners. The one thing I always notice is the same across the board. They own the business, but then they own the building in a separate business in which the business is housed, the business pays them rent. So they're able to diversify their income streams. And then if they sell the business, maybe they keep the building. That is a common one you see as well. We got two more. Millionaire myth number seven, they don't have anything to worry about. That is a big myth because everybody has the same thing to worry about and it's always health. A lot of these folks, especially small business owners, have put everything behind them just to make sure their business takes off. A lot of people have put everything they can into their business and kind of pushed off their health. And that's something we tend to see too. These small business owners have worked so hard and they've forgotten about taking care of themselves. And that's a big concern when they come in here. They say, you know, I've worked 30, 40 years. It's time for me to take care of myself. The other thing is, you know, how do they leave money behind? A legacy is so important to a lot of these folks. They want to take care of their family, take care of their kids. And then just financial security. You work, 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 save, save, save. And then at some point that flips and now you're not saving, you're withdrawing. And that's a scary moment for a lot of folks. And the millionaire myth number eight, the final, they've got their future all figured out. That's the reason we're around. They come in here, they are experts at what they do. And I, and I say this all the time. They are the subject matter experts or in the military, we call it, they're the SMEs in their area. But there's other areas where they're just not as comfortable. So they come to Annex and they sit down with us because we can bring all those teams to them. We bring the experts in the tax, we bring the experts in the estate, we bring the experts in the planning and the investment. This way, they don't have to worry about having it figured out because they know they have a team behind them to figure it out for them, and they can worry about the things they want to do and take care of their health, their family, and their future. We are ready to assist investment, retirement planning, tax planning, estate planning as a fee-only fiduciary. Website, AnnexWealth.com. Click the Get Started button. Brandon Lehman, Director of Branch Development and a Wealth Manager at Annex Wealth Management. Thanks for your time. Danny, thank you. Used to be the standard retirement plan was after working 40 or so years, you'd get the gold watch, walk out the door to see what was next. If anything, that was then, this is now. We're in an age of retirement redefined and hopefully retirement that lasts a long time. The go-go years are now the this is my time years. It's time for second acts, new ventures. You bet you busted it hard while working, but watch out now, your bucket list is full. At Annex Wealth Management, we get it. Oh, do we get it. That's why our investment, retirement, tax, and estate teams are ready to create a comprehensive plan that lets you get after it. No matter what your it is, your plan needs to work with precision to help deliver the retirement you desire. You're not done yet. It's time to know the difference and work with a fee-only fiduciary. Retirement redefined. 
If you're ready, so are we. One team, one plan, one fee. Annex Wealth Management. AnnexWealth.com. This is probably a first for us. We're going to talk fortune hunters and gold diggers. And no, it's not a show on the History Channel. Deanne Phillips is here. Hey, Deanne. <laughs> hey, Danny. How are you? Good. Director of Client Learning and Development. Fortune hunters, those are the people that all of a sudden show up. Gold diggers kind of prey on lonely and heartbroken. Do I have the phrasing yeah, right? Yeah, no, I yeah, think that's yeah. accurate. So the, the two we're, uh, categories and men or women that we're talking about right yep. here are people going through a transition. And sometimes it can be what is deemed a happy transition. For example, winning the lottery. That's why so many people wait to come forward. They want to be sure they have their advisors in a robe. Once your name's out there, every person's going to want to advise you and have a hot tip somewhere. Have you run across this? Yes, we have. Quite frankly, in all sorts of circumstances. Transitions are tough. And again, whether they can be happy or sad. So it yes, it could be a death where, you know, there actually are people that stalk the obituaries to lay claim on, you know, or, or you have have somebody sure. as prey while their emotions are kind of on toward tilt. So there are some things they definitely want to think about when you go through a transition in order to protect yourself and not be a victim. There's a phrase, con men don't look like con men. What, what do we learn from that? First off, you know, when you're going through heartbreak, uh, you want empathy. And so there are people out there that are just more than willing to play right into that. And whether it's the lonely person, the lonely senior, we see this a lot also, unfortunately, too, where someone will swoop in, they find out that that distant relative has a little bit of money and, oh, dear auntie, they become their best friend, right? When someone passes, though, we've also seen somebody come romantically swoop in. Here's the deal, Danny. If your spidey sense goes up on something, trust it. Mm -hmm. Usually you're right. Go with your gut. Talk about your suspicions with someone who's close to you. How would somebody know? Somebody's mom, widowed, Right. And either a fortune hunter or a gold digger comes in and maybe they live a state away. Maybe even mom is all of a sudden happy. So you really wouldn't know that something is going on unless you had access to their finance or at least how they're working, their spending, their investing, things like that. That's exactly right. So as uh, at Annex, you know, as holistic wealth advisors, we understand the process of grief. So whether it's death, divorce, disability, there's a grieving process and you never want to hurry someone through that process. You just can't because, you know, we've seen, unfortunately, for example, widows get life insurance proceeds in the mail by checkbook, right? Mm -hmm. And fast forward six months later, they, the money's gone and they have no idea where it was spent because they're emotional spending. That's where a trusted advisor can help someone through a transition by protecting them also from themselves, not just from other people. When someone comes out of the blue, you have to watch, are they after that person because they are in an emergency money situation and they see a quick solution? That could be super awkward, though. I mean, yeah. what are you supposed to do, hire a private detective? We've actually known people that actually have. But the thing is, again, it's about rushing through things, right? When someone comes into a little bit of money, I mean, think about it. All of a sudden, they've got all these people who are their best friend. And the kind-hearted and generous person would want to give the benefit of the doubt to someone that they love. Air mm -hmm. quotes here, right? You know, you mentioned uh, should someone, you know, hire somebody to check them out? Well, no, but you know, with social media and everything now, there is a way to find out about people. I mean, chances are, if that person's on Facebook, you may have a mutual acquaintance in mind. Here's the story I heard somebody's mom in Phoenix all of a sudden takes up with a new guy. She's happy. The kids are a little suspicious and they do what you just suggested, which is look on Facebook. And then they looked them up a little bit deeper because, you know, you can you can look up stuff like that. 
this guy had failed businesses, probably one or two. It mm-hmm. sounds like he was estranged with his family. So right. what would you suggest in a case like that? It's a situation where if you're close to a loved one, keep tabs on them when they're alone. You know, get to know the people in their life. You know, make sure because elderly people on their own, just without a romantic interest, you know, they are often victims of fraud and just attempts at fraud. So it's a good thing to have open family discussions. You should have a discussion about, hey, you know, mom, dad, aunt, uncle, are your affairs in order? Is there anything I can help you to do? Can I hook you up with an attorney? Are you are you set? Do you feel comfortable if it comes a point where you can't make your financial decisions anymore in the future that you have someone you trust who can sweep in and do this for you? You just don't want it to be the brand new boyfriend who well, swept in out of town. Yeah, it, and that's the danger. Dean Phillips, our director of client learning and development. Thank you for jumping on. Hey, thanks for having me. How will tax increases in the Inflation Reduction Act affect your investment and retirement goals? It's time to reevaluate your plan. The Annex Wealth Management team has reviewed the new law and is ready to give your plan an independent review. No products to push on you, just serious planning. The in-house Annex team creates comprehensive plans that play out hundreds of possible scenarios, including sky-high inflation, lifestyle changes, and additional taxes. Know the difference with Annex Wealth Management. AnnexWealth.com. We're back and it's time for Ask Annex. As always, head to our website, look for the Ask button. We get back to everybody. Some wind up on the radio. If you don't want us to use your name on the radio, that's fine because you will become anonymous. And we have a bunch of anonymous folks today, but not Randy Winkler, a CFP and a wealth manager. Welcome. Thanks, Danny. Hey, Sarah Kyle, wealth manager. Hi, Danny. Welcome back. Here we go. Let's combine our first two. The first from Alex, second from Kyle. Alex asks, considering buying a house and only plan on living it for five years, what are my best mortgage options given the market today? Kind of ties into the one from Kyle. Kyle asks, is it time to consider adjustable rate mortgages? Yep. Well, now that rates are rising, borrowers are starting to consider those adjustable rate mortgages or ARMS. So the ARM rate will be less than the fixed rate. So let's say you buy a adjustable rate mortgage with a five-year ARM, you're going to have a lower rate. But after that five years, that rate will adjust. And so if interest rates are going to be higher, you're going to be paying more. Interest rates going to be lower, you could have a, a lower payment. So it's kind of hard to plan. So if people want that certainty of that fixed rate, the adjustable rate is not for them. But if Alex is going to be selling his house in five years, a five-year arm might be the way to go. Yeah, the time frame in this case may actually work out perfect for the arm. Yeah. My first mortgage Mortgage rates were like a 10%. You still, if you're going to buy a house, you're going to buy a house. But I remember we got an arm at the time because it was it was the better way or cheaper way for us to sure. get into it. Ask Annex. Next one is anonymous. I'm 34 and have been contributing to the max, now $6,000 to my IRA for several years. I'm disappointed about the losses this year. Does it make sense to contribute the max amount for 2022 by the deadline? Would it be a good idea to hold on to some of the $6,000 instead? And another anonymous bookends that is... Is there ever a reason to not max out your IRA account? Yeah, so the first anonymous, the question, it gets to time frame and goal. First anonymous is 34 years old, so he's got till age 59 and a half before he can get at that money easily without penalty. With that kind of a time frame, he should be taking advantage of the fluctuations in the market that's going on right now. Buying on sale, he'll have plenty of time to recover. The question on whether you max it out, I would say, would take a look at what other goals does he have. If he's got some midterm goals, he wants to buy a house or go on vacation or do something else, the IRA is not the appropriate account for that. 
It could be a more accessible vehicle. And if the time frame is very short, probably should keep it in cash and out of the market. Yeah. And just because you're contributing doesn't mean that you're investing. You should still contribute. And if you just want to keep it in cash and slowly put it in the market, that's fine too. Yeah, and as to the question as to maxing it out, we see very often where people come in that have really giant IRAs or 401ks, and that's all they have. So they can have a really nice, I mean, multiple millions of dollars, but it's all taxable. They have very little tax flexibility. So one reason not to maximize the IRA would be to, like we were saying before, into another type of account, a currently taxable account, maybe a Roth. We'd like to see tax equilibrium when you get to retirement so we can choose our tax bracket as opposed to our tax bracket being chosen for us. And we talked about this a couple of weeks ago. If you're mostly IRA, does that set you up for the tax bomb? It could. It really depends on where taxes are going to be in the future. You know, we're assuming taxes are going to be higher and potentially much higher. A lot of people aren't aware of this, but we're at a historically low tax rate right now. So we want to take advantage of those low brackets while we can. The thought is put money away tax deferred while you're in a high income bracket. And then when you get to retire, hopefully you're in a lower one. And that works out a lot of the case. If your IRA or 401k is so big mm-hmm. and you've got a large required minimum distribution, you could be in a much higher tax bracket in retirement, even in today's tax brackets. So it's good to have a combination. We talk about asset allocation. This is asset location. Where do you have your investments? What type of account? And on the first anonymous person, he didn't really lose yet, did he? He he says losses. Great. His account is down. So the market is an auction. So that what their people are offering to buy his stocks and bonds for at this point is lower than it was maybe six months ago, but he hasn't lost anything. Yeah. We just call it a short-term setback. Next up from James, what's the chance that a stock that has an 80 P.E. ratio will end up justifying its price? Well, there's always a chance, right? (laughs) Stocks that have a high P.E. typically have that because either the price is very high or the earnings are very low. But let's say Tesla, for instance, that has a P.E. right around that range. And some analysts are saying that's going to grow into the P.E. by 2025. So pharmaceutical companies, biotech companies, they tend to have really high P.E. ratios. But that's because there's a lot of stuff in the pipeline that people are anticipating that will come out and come online. Then it will grow into the pipeline. So there's always a chance. I mean, it just depends on what stock you're in. And And it's good to compare it against its peers. So you can't compare a stock in retail to a stock in healthcare or Mm -hmm. technology. So you look at the peers, where's their P.E. ratio? See, is this expensive or inexpensive grouped amongst its peers? Yeah, and the benchmark for that industry is always good to check out. In our final 45 seconds or so, anonymous question, is there a rule of thumb when it comes to dollar cost averaging? I'm not really sure what they're meaning by this, but a good rule of thumb would be don't stop when the market's down. The whole strength of dollar cost averaging is putting away the same amount every interval, whether it's paycheck or month, regardless of what the market's doing. I've heard some people say brashly, well, I was smart. When the market went down, I stopped contributing to my 401k plan. That's actually not the smartest move. The whole point of dollar cost averaging is keep doing it. When the market's down, you buy more. When the market's up, you buy less, and your average cost goes down. So rule of thumb is stick with it. Yep, and be consistent. Yes. Randy Winkler, CFP and a wealth manager. Thanks. My pleasure. Sarah Kyle, wealth manager, Annex Wealth Management. Thank you. You're welcome. This is Money Talk, the Annex Wealth Management Show. Stick around. We're going to take a break, but then we check in with Robert Chastain, our branch director and wealth manager at Annex Wealth Management in Southwest Florida. Going to be right back, 92.5 Fox News. Inflation isn't going away anytime soon. As the cost of everything from food to vacations to your electric bill rises, you may wonder if your retirement plans are still on track. 
Annex Wealth Management can help, it starts at AnnexWealth.com. Click the Get Started button. From there, our in-house planning team will create your wealth metric, a snapshot of where you are and where you're headed. Wealth metric will help you understand the impact inflation may have on your plans. Get started today. Visit AnnexWealth.com. Know the difference with Annex Wealth Management, Robert Chastain, Wealth Manager and a Branch Director at Annex Wealth Management, Southwest Florida. Hey, Robert. Hi, Danny. According to a recent survey from financial services company Charles Schwab, almost half of participants said inflation, the biggest obstacle holding them back from a comfortable retirement. But what are the other concerns? we got a nine-point list that we're going to chew through with Robert and talk about it, maybe get his take and see if he's seen this with some of our clients or people that he deals with. Robert, 26% of people surveyed need help managing debt. Is that part of the financial plan or is that something they need to work on themselves? Well, Danny, after assets, debt is the second largest part of any plan. If your debt level is too high, you won't be able to retire. And our financial planning will prove that out to you live. Sure. But not all debt is bad debt. We've said that a number of times. That is correct. And if you borrowed at the very low rates, you're probably really happy right now. Yeah, but right. Yeah. <laughs> three, three and a half percent. But mortgages are seven percent now. And that's really going to take a big bite. Twenty eight percent of the people in the survey said they need assistance figuring out how to catch up on retirement savings goals. <laughs> There's many ways to do that. In fact, that's one of the good things about getting older. Well, it really is. After age 50, they have catch-up clauses on most of the retirement programs where you can contribute at a higher level to catch-up, and hopefully that would put you back on a solid footing and be able to retire when you want to. 30% of the people in the survey said they'd like help managing current expenses so they can save more. And again, that's kind of a disciplined thing, more on the client than it is on the financial planner. Well, it is, but also you can do it efficiently, right? If you have certain lines of credit that are high interest rates, maybe you consolidate them to the lower ones. So there is some strategy behind that. There are ways where you can smartly pay off your debt and expenses. 31% want to know how to figure out what expenses will be in retirement. That's really one of those big puzzles. I think from what I've read, people underestimate how much they're going to spend. Most people do. And if there's any area that we shine, it's this area. We have so much experience and people in retirement going into retirement. And we know what the base costs are and we build that into every plan. The fifth of nine things that people would like help with, anticipating tax expenses. Well, in tax planning is far different from tax prep, mm. right? So tax planning, if you have an IRA, we might move money from your IRA to your Roth in a low tax year to avoid higher taxes. But that tax planning can keep a lot of dollars in your pocket instead of Uncle Sam's. We're with Robert Chastain, Wealth Manager and Branch Director at Annex Wealth Management Southwest Florida, Charles Schwab poll of what people would like help with in regard to investment and retirement planning. Now it's starting to get interesting. 36% would like assistance determining at what age they can afford to retire. And Robert, I've heard so many times from different wealth managers that they've sat down with clients and said, you could retire now, but then they lay out the case while they might want to work a little bit longer. That's a great point, Danny. People will come in and say that, but mentally and emotionally, they're not ready to give up that whole routine. Even though it sounds great, they just have not processed it in their mind. Oh my gosh, I'm not going to have a place to go to tomorrow. I'm not going to have that current schedule that I've, I've always had. 
even though they have plenty of assets, their expenses are, are in check, they just have not come to grips where I'm going to hang it up. Most people could do if they want to take their talents that they've developed over the years and maybe even apply it somewhere else and you might have more fun. 42% need help calculating how much money they'd need to save for retirement. Is that something that as we sit down with somebody in our first meeting or two that we begin to kind of flesh that out? We absolutely do. We almost always start at the back end. Mm. Like if a client comes in and says, I want to retire at 60, well, we're going to project out to 60 and then back up to their current age, say it's 40. Over these 20 years, you have to generate this much wealth to be able to hang it up at 60. You know, I'm kind of surprised that the top thing in this poll, and it doesn't apply to everybody, but 43% said they want specific advice on how to invest their 401k. You know, we do work with companies to set up their retirement plan services, and we work with all of those clients as well. Great topic, Danny. A lot of 401k plans, they're constrained in what their investment choices are. Here at Annex, we are not constrained by that. So depending on what your wishes are, and what your needs are, we have many more tools in our toolbox that we can uh, invest your current assets in to get you to your retirement goal. Oh, that makes a lot of sense. We could actually look at their 401k and say, listen, you could back that down a little bit, but maybe do X, Y, and Z. Is that right? Correct. And or you want this much income per month, well, then we need to move these assets over here and that'll generate your desired income. Folks, you don't know if you don't know, and we would like to help you find out. Investment, retirement planning, tax planning, estate planning. Doing it as a fee-only fiduciary? Know the difference? Website, AnnexWealth.com. Click that Get Started button. Robert Chastain, Wealth Manager and Branch Director, Annex Wealth Management, Southwest Florida. Thanks for jumping on. Thank you, Danny. This is Money Talk, the Annex Wealth Management Show. We're going to be right back, 92.5 Fox News. Comfort shows. You'd think with all the different shows streaming, you'd watch something different every night. Instead, the list of shows you plan to watch grows, but you're stuck re-watching Friends for the 48th time. Why do we do that? Because it's comfortable. It's the same for financial advice. You want financial advice? You could search Google or YouTube or Reddit and find options from experts of all stripes. Even then, we resort to behaviors that make us feel comfortable, even if that behavior is nothing. At Annex Wealth Management, we understand that during times like this, it's tempting to do nothing at all, but that means you're back to watching repeats again. It's time to change the channel. Take a look at where you are and where you're headed. Reevaluate your goals. Understand what you own and why. Put your plan through our rigorous financial analysis. Annex can help. AnnexWealth.com. Set up a time when we can talk. Know the difference and work with a fee-only fiduciary. Annex Wealth Management. Know the difference with Annex Wealth Management, joined by Jill Martin, estate planning attorney at Annex Wealth Management. Welcome back. Thanks, Danny. So this segment was inspired by a recent conversation you had with a client regarding trustees, and he was driven to a point of frustration and exclaimed something to you. Yeah, he basically didn't want to leave his kids with the headache of being a trustee because he was going through it with his dad and just decided, I'm going to simplify everything and make everything payable on death to my kids. This is your world. You see this all the time, but... I see this with my friends and family where messes, poor kids have to just dig through messes, and then others, it just goes so clean. It does. And that really goes to a certain point of how much did you do during your lifetime to properly plan your estate, get it in good order so that it's really easy for your kids after you're gone. 
So here we are, and we're going to have a little chat about how to make things easier for your trustee, because bottom line, if the I's aren't dotted and the T's aren't crossed, those left behind trying to figure out aspects of an estate plan will be pulling their hair out. Let's start with a couple of definitions. First off, I, I hear executor, I hear trustee, I hear, I hear all sorts of things. Let's start with trustee. Yeah, so a trustee is a person that you name that has the fiduciary duty and responsibility to kind of settle all of your final affairs after you've passed away. Um, and that's done when you use a revocable trust as part of your main estate planning document. Why do I think that sounds like an executor? Because it does. Um, so an executor has all of those same responsibilities, but an executor works operating under a last will and testament and has to be legally appointed by the court so that the probate court supervises what that executor does. How often are trustees confused with executors? All the time, right? Because they have the same function. So their job is to wrap up and settle someone's affairs after they passed away. It's just a matter of, is it under a last will and testament or is it under a revocable trust agreement? So they have the same duties, but it actually gets to be kind of a fine point that we have to clarify. So let's go back to the client's frustration with being a trustee when his dad died. What kinds of things was he experiencing? Yeah, so the number one thing here was that he his dad had not really organized his financial affairs. He had probably 10 or 15 different accounts in the name of his trust or payable to his trust. So the son, as the trustee, had to go contact all of these different financial organizations and institutions to start collecting assets and get information and say, hey, I'm the trustee now that my dad's died. So it was a lot of work just to a, gather information, much less figure out, now what do I do going forward? You want to make things easier for your heirs. I mean, absolutely, positively, you got to consolidate. Yeah. And so that's the number one thing that I talk to people about a lot is we have a lot of clients who they like to diversify and have things with multiple advisors and multiple banks and financial institutions. And as we get older, you know, that a gets harder for you to track, but it's almost nearly impossible for your family to figure out. So what we want to do is start kind of consolidating that stuff down. Use one primary banking institution. Use one primary investment advisor or a brokerage firm. It just makes things so much easier for someone else to step into your shoes and manage your financial life. Wouldn't it just stink if you had money that really should be going to your loved ones and it's just out on an island and you, you've forgotten about it? And that happens. That happens more often than we think with random old life insurance policies that nobody knew about or an old brokerage account that has just lingered out there for so long you've forgotten it even exists. Oh, yeah. Hey, what's it mean when you suggest that when using a trust, you need to fund it? Is that fund like money fund? Fund it. So what we talk about with a revocable trust is, is you need to get assets titled into the name of the trust. So instead of Danny Clayton owning a brokerage account, right? The brokerage account is titled in the Danny Clayton revocable trust account. Okay. And what that means is that means that brokerage account is owned by that trust, so it's already there. It's really easy for your trustee to take that over after you're gone. Well, it sounds more big time for me, too. I got a revocable trust. Well, there How about you go. That? Yeah. I so, just upgraded you. <laughs> thank you. Housekeeping standpoint, who is it that does this? A lot of times it's the work of the client. It so is. when you go and you put that estate plan together, most estate planning attorneys are going to give you a nice letter of instruction that says, here are the accounts that you need to title into the name of your trust. Here are what your beneficiary designations need to say so we get things into your trust. And then what happens is, is it's on the client to go ahead and kind of go through their financial statement and say, 
I did it for my IRA here, and I did it on my 401k, and I did this on my house, and I did this on my vacation property, right? It's on the client to do that, and a lot of clients don't, and that's where trustees run into a lot of frustration. I frustrated my boys so much when they were 16, 17 years old. I think I can not do it when I'm no longer here. How about that? That's a fair statement, yeah, but some a... people don't think about it. They think, hey, I did this great estate plan, and I'm done. Yeah. But there has there's follow-through and homework that needs to be done. For investment, retirement planning, tax planning, and estate planning. We do it as a fee-only fiduciary. Know the difference. Website, AnnexWealth.com. Click that Get Started button. Start the wealth metric process. Joe Martin, estate planning attorney at Annex Wealth Management. Thank you. You're welcome. Have you been waiting on the sidelines for the right moment, the right headline, or the right insight to get serious about your financial plan? At Annex Wealth Management, we've learned that, unfortunately, there are no sidelines in financial planning. Doing nothing may shield you from immediate pain, but it could delay or deny your long-term retirement goals. As a fee-only fiduciary, our in-house team will work with you to create one comprehensive plan that focuses on you. Annex Wealth Management. Know the difference. AnnexWealth.com. Know the difference with Annex Wealth Management, joined by Tom Parks, Director of Retirement Plan Services, Annex Wealth Management. Welcome back, Tom. Hello, Danny. Also joining us, Tom Burkholt, CFP and Financial Planning Specialist, Annex Wealth Management. Hey, Tom. Hi there. By the way, you are representing Millennial Generation. Is that all right? Yep. Double Tom. So I'm just going to start with each guy's names if I got a question for you like this one. Tom Parks. Here's the headline that caught my eye. Six in 10 millennials consider cashing out of retirement plans in large market downturn. For a guy focused on retirement plans, that's got to send a shiver down your spine. Danny, the word that comes to mind is one I hear from my my high school age kids, cringeworthy. Cringeworthy. Yes. Tom Burkholz, I highly doubt that is you, but you are the representative millennial. So what's going on? Yeah, well, for one, we know about half of millennials live paycheck to paycheck. So as we experience these market downturns, there's more layoffs and more millennials finding themselves taking money out of their 401k, in my opinion, out of necessity. Um, And I also think there's some temptation when there's that smaller 401k balance to just say, you know, it's only $5,000. I'm just going to take it out, cash it out. But they don't really think of the time value of money that by the age they retire, that's going to be worth a lot more. It's not that they're worried about the future, do you think? Do they think that the world is coming to an end or anything? I do think with millennials, they tend to be more pessimistic yeah. about the state of things and, and the future of our planet and whatnot. So that could play part of it as well. Okay. Tom Parks, good sample in this survey. Size of over 4,000, everybody's 18 and older, contributing at least 1% to a current plan and or having $5,000 in at least one former plan. But 60% considering cashing out with this market downturn, I know the answer, I think, but what's the long-term potential impact of cashing out? Yeah, well, Mr. Burkholz kind of alluded to this with the time value of money. And when I look at this, you know, you think of millennials cashing out without regard to the market performance, generally not going to be a good idea when we're talking about a retirement plan account, generally speaking. So the long-term impact on the ability to grow is obviously going to be diminished with actions like this. Tom Burkholz, I saw somewhere that this might be because millennials haven't seen something quite like this before. Mm-hmm. Maybe you saw the 0809 recession as kids. You're in the biz, but you got a historical perspective. But is this just totally unexpected? No, I mean, in fact, it should be totally expected. We know that on average, bear markets happen about every one in seven years. So they're a common thing. And if you listen to Warren Buffett's advice, it's pretty simple. You, you want to buy low and sell high. And I just view recessions and pullbacks like this as an opportunity to buy low and accumulate more shares and really just participate in the upside from here. 
The headline, six in 10 millennials consider cashing out of retirement plans in large market downturn. Tom Parks, Director of Retirement Plan Services at Annex Wealth Management is here. So is Tom Burkholz, CFP and a financial planning specialist and a millennial. If not a retirement plan, where's that money going? Nearly half of millennials are extremely interested in investing in ESG. More plan participants also jumping into digital assets such as cryptocurrencies. In fact, millennials lead the way in the category with 61% investing in crypto. Yeah, Danny, this is an interesting aspect of this. So when we talk about, Sir Bergholz again said, this opportunity with the market being where it is. Now, do we know if the market is going to go down further before we hope eventually it's going to go up? We do generally think of market downturns as opportunities for buying. When you start looking at ESG, there are very specific fiduciary considerations that need to be taken into impact with retirement plans in particular that makes that an interesting concept. But when we look at cryptocurrency, lots of different opinions when it comes to cryptocurrency. What I would say is if you're looking at a retirement account, you want to really question, is that the appropriate vehicle for cryptocurrency speculation? Yeah. And another thing I'll mention is I actually just saw some research that millennials who are buying crypto on average, tend to have more debt than their peers. So are we seeing this lottery ticket phenomenon where just like people who buy lottery tickets often out of need, are we seeing millennials who are buying crypto, it's more out of need that they just want to hit it big so they can start paying off their loans and things like that. The other thing, Danny, that I forgot to mention is we do have a What's That video on ESG for those of you who are listening, kind of wondering what we're talking about there. So check out our YouTube channel for that. You know, I got to plug those things. Very, very nice. This is probably a huge opportunity for companies to educate their employees of staying in and staying hanging with the market, right? Absolutely. I think it is difficult when you're looking at what's going on. These times we try to prepare people for saying market turbulence does happen. It's one thing to talk about it theoretically. It's obviously an entirely different thing to experience it in real life, which is what's happening now. The opportunity for education is an ongoing one. It is acute right now, though, I would say. So we're doing a lot of messaging with our 401k clients in particular because people are understandably concerned. And a lot of times what we find is just if you have a communication, you talk to people, you let them know you're there. It really goes a long way to, to helping stabilize their, their emotions. Yeah, for sure. Tom Burkholz representing Millennial Nation. Do you believe six and 10 millennials are thinking about doing this? I personally do not consider it. My friends and my family that I've talked to have not, but I would imagine because we know millennials do really live paycheck to paycheck, many of them. So I think a lot of necessity are. For investment, retirement planning, tax planning, and estate planning, we do it as a fee-only fiduciary. Know the difference. Website, AnnexWealth.com. Click the Get Started button. Start that wealth metric process. Tom Burkholz, CFP, financial planning specialist. Thank you. My pleasure. Tom Parks, Director of Retirement Plan Services. Thank you. Look forward to coming back, Danny. Thanks. This is Money Talk, the Annex Wealth Management Show on 92.5 Fox News. Used to be a retirement plan was working 40 years. Get the gold watch, walk out the door to see what was next, if anything. That was then, this is now. We're in an age of retirement redefined, and retirement could last a long time. At Annex Wealth Management, we get it. That's why our investment, retirement, tax, and estate teams are ready to create a comprehensive plan to help deliver the retirement you desire. It's time to know the difference. Work with a fee-only fiduciary. Retirement redefined. AnnexWealth.com. Back on Money Talk, the Annex Wealth Management Show. Quick reminder, this show available on demand at the top of the hour on Annex Wealth Management Spotify. So if you came in late and you're liking what you heard and you want to get a little bit more caught up, that's where we're going to be. I'm Danny Clayton, Derek Felsky, Chief Investment Officer. Dave Spano's with us, President and CEO, Annex Wealth Management. 
Unless you've been under a rock, you know that we are in election season. You can't get away from it. Everywhere you go, you see advertising for a particular politician. But we pay attention to it for lots of reasons. One of them, of course, is that during the election cycle, there are investing trends that we have seen for a long time, and you've highlighted them most of the year, Derek. Right. The midterm election cycle is actually one of the more predictive uh, indicators we've seen. And what we've seen is that the S&P 500 has been positive in the 12 months post-midterm election since 1942, and particularly in the third year of a presidential term. So while everyone right now is focused on a recession and the negative headlines, just keep that in the back of your mind, because I'm often asked right now, you know, given what the markets have done, what would you do right now? I talked to a guy yesterday who actually got out of the market about a year and a half ago, and I said, well, if I'm completely out, I would go a third in, third in down 5%, and add the final third after your average cost in the first two is positive because it's very hard to time markets. It's, it's one thing to get it right on the, on the way out, but you also want to get it right on the way in because in the long run, stocks do go up. And so you look at, for example, companies, if you want to start to do that in individual names, you have to pay attention to the earnings. And we pay a lot of attention to not only individual companies, but the S&P 500 earnings. The expectation for the aggregate earnings of all the S&P 500 was around 230, and that number has changed. And that is something that you need to pay attention to because you take that aggregate earnings and put a multiple on it, and that's the question. What multiple does it deserve in a higher interest rate market? Right, and historically, the average is somewhere between 15 and 16 times. In a recessionary environment, it can go as low as 14. The other thing that's interesting about the S&P 500 is that collectively right now, the the forward earnings estimate is about 15 15 to 16 times. But if you take out the largest eight companies in the S&P 500, that number goes down to 12.9, which tells you that the average stock is actually a lot cheaper than average. And that behooves one to, you know, those that have been buying the S&P index funds and the rest are buying the good with the bad. But at this point right now, I, I would argue potentially the largest companies is where the risk is in the S&P. So going small caps, going mid caps, uh, just getting beyond the, the headline driven companies like Apple and Google and Amazon and the rest may lead to better returns going forward. You know, in our investment committee meetings, folks, we go through names, individual securities, and there are lots of names that are trading at single-digit multiples and paying dividends across all sectors. Some of the sectors that you would expect and some that you won't, but some of those big energy names that you mentioned earlier are in that category, but this continues into retail and into some other areas as well. You're literally seeing companies that generate free cash flow that actually did a really nice job of refinancing when interest rates were low. They're in a really good spot to tackle an uncertain environment. They're not going to have to lay off a lot of people. They'll probably still be able to buy back stock and increase dividends. But again, that requires, you know, some analysis and not just a blind approach to buying an index fund, which again, uh, has the good with the bad. And so, you know, when you talk about index funds versus mutual funds, for example, just a, a quick primer on that is, of course, that the ETF generally buys a basket and is unmanaged in, in general terms, but a mutual fund tries to make moves. And that is one of the things that you can do. You can either be passive or you can be an active manager. And passive has done very, very well during the times of quantitative easing. But now that that's going away, 
active management should get a kick in the pants. You certainly would think so. So we spend a lot of time interviewing managers, talking to them about their quarterly results, getting a sense of what their best ideas, what their process is, and the rest. And, you know, we do tend to shy away from active managers that, that generate their performance by heavy concentrations in particular sectors, because you really want their process to be durable across sectors, because you never know which sector is going to lead the market on a year-to-year basis. And folks, if anything that you've heard over the last hour piques your interest, there is a way to come and interview us. And it's very easy. If you go online and hit the Get Started button, you can actually see a calendar that fits your calendar as well. And we'll get together with you and we'll walk through all of the financial planning. And that is a big part of Know the Difference. This is not just an investment house compared to others. We do the financial planning. We set forth the path so you have a plan to go forward. Estate planning, tax planning, investment planning, it's all part of it. Dirk Felsky, Chief Investment Officer, thanks for joining us. My pleasure, Danny. Dave Spano, our President and CEO. Enjoy the rest of the weekend. Yeah, you too. Thanks, Danny. Folks, like Dave said, if you've clicked with what you've heard in the last hour, this is your invitation to take the next step. Just a couple of minutes. That's all it takes. Start the conversation. Click that Get Started button. Now is the time. Annex Wealth Management is ready. Stay strong, everybody. Going to see you back here next Sunday, noon, Money Talk, the Annex Wealth Management Show, 92.5 Fox News. The Annex Wealth Management Show is hosted by Annex Wealth Management, a fee-only registered investment advisor. Important information about the qualifications and business practices of Annex is available at AnnexWealth.com. Different types of investments involve varying degrees of risk. Please consult with a qualified fiduciary advisor about your specific situation.